less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep Dive. Martin, what happened to your thumb? I heard it. <laughs> Are you just a permanent thumbs up guy? I'm a thumbs up guy for six more weeks. Were you hitchhiking and you had an accident? Yeah, and uh, your no, thumb got and, caught in the air. <laughs> just it's looking like for that rides. commercial. I got too close to the car came by. <laughs> no, I fell down skiing. Okay. And then uh, tore the tendon off, and then had to have surgery here about three weeks ago. And then they put a pin in there. Have you ever seen that? Right down the center of your bone, so that you can't move Bend the it. joints mm. so, and pull the tendon back off. So was it painful? Not sitting here, but I was telling you beforehand that I'm wearing a snap shirt because it, it takes 45 minutes to button a shirt. I'm exaggerating. It takes five. I would just wear a t-shirt, man. Yeah, but I don't do that. <laughs> I know I, you don't. You're professional. I got my image to maintain. Yeah, collared shirt. Yeah. Um, How'd you, how'd you, what was happening skiing? I fell down. I like to dramatize it, you know. By, was it a bad fall? I was doing a backflip. What do they call them? I can't even remember. Helicopter <laughs> skivvies or, you know, they got names for a rondo. No, I was just skiing on some ice and Sick. fell down. You know, it's one of the most common ski. This is snow skiing. One of the most common skiing injuries is your thumb. It's called huh. a skier's thumb. That's not what this is. But that's when you go down with, and you hit your pole, it spreads your forefinger uh. and tears that tendon. And the other name for that is so skier's thumb. The other name is gamekeeper's thumb. So gamekeeper, like gamekeeper the animals. Yes. And I'm going what? So it took quite a little bit, but I finally found it in Scotland. Yeah. It, that came out of Scotland. People who raise rabbits gamekeepers yeah and then when they're killing a rabbit to uh, eat it yeah they just hold it to the ground and with their thumb between their they just press down on its neck and break its neck oh. and over time it pulls the tendon off on the oh I'm sure the rabbits don't have any sympathy for yeah I'm sure they don't so anyway well, I was so, trying to think of a segue between your thumb and self-confidence um, well you could ask me if I'm ready to do this show <laughs> I think there was self-confidence in skiing. Well, <laughs> there's a fine line between <laughs> self-confidence and foolishness. <laughs> now, I have a daughter who lives out in Crested Butte, Colorado, and I was skiing with her. She she just happens to be magnificent. At I skiing? I love her to death. Most, well, she, no, as a just person. Just a magnificent person. Okay. But she's a really good skier, too. Okay. And she thinks I'm forever young, I guess. You know, Dad, yeah. you can do this. And so you wind up you know, standing there, and I go, this looks a little steeper than a blue. I said, well, it's black, but it's not a black for very far. And you skied this yesterday, you just didn't know it, you know. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? You gotta, you gotta I mean, what are you up. gonna do? You go. You gotta have the confidence. Well, that's, as a matter of <laughs> fact, that's kind of a point of what we're gonna talk about. You, you have to have the confidence, but um, at least with me, and I don't think I'm alone, I've had lots of clients feel this way, Maybe you don't have the confidence, but you got to do it anyway. Yeah. Because that's where you, where the confidence ultimately comes from. And I don't know that this was a, an issue of confidence and more an issue of ice. 
but but I mean seriously, you're standing there looking down and going, well, sure. What are you going to do? What are you? You got to go. You got it. So you go. Sometimes those are the things. Those are the instances that allow you to really find your confidence. That's when yeah. you don't have a decision. I think a lot of times it's when you think you have a decision that you're able to where doubt creeps in. Have the doubt and right. start thinking that you're not capable and that this isn't meant for you and you should be doing something else and all those kinds of things. Uh, but when you have to do something, that's whenever you right. learn, oh, it's possible. And I think that's honestly the benefit. What's the saying? Easy times make easy times make easy men. Easy men make hard times, and hard times make hard men who make easy times who make easy men. Does that make sense? I guess it does. I've never heard that before, and it's, I'm not. Sure I think I it's on Joe Rogan's it. podcast. But essentially, uh, like whenever Joe who Joe, has he got a <laughs> has he got a podcast too? Yeah, I don't know. I only listen to the Cash Contract. <laughs> well, I got to meet this guy. Man. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get him on. Yeah, maybe we can get him on. No, I, I think. Uh, I mean, the essence of it is that you know you think about like World War II, for example. Mm-hmm. And that era of times where guys were joining the military and going through these hard experiences and becoming hard men, where they would work hard and grit. And I don't know, I wasn't alive during that time. Maybe you could speak to it more. But they worked extremely hard and they created this these easy times in America where we had the freedoms that we have and we have the ability to get education and start businesses and all these different things. Well because it's so easy now in school and all these things, yeah. the my, men become easy. One of my, I mean, our topic is self-confidence, but one of my favorite stories, I'm sure I've told it on the podcast before, turns out it may not be true, but when I lived in Nebraska, a lot of people still raise chickens. Yeah. And um, one of the stories was that if, if you're raising eggs and the chick mm. begins to pick its way out and you know crack the shell and start to come out, if you help it, it will die. It needs the exercise, yeah. the effort of pecking its way out. I don't, I don't know physiologically what it does, but it makes, makes good sense. Absolutely. I hope that's true <laughs> because it's true in a lot of other things. You need the effort. And I think it's so important that you find an important aspect of self-confidence, in my opinion, is what I would call cross-domain learning, where... Sure, maybe you want to be a confident bidder, for example, in your business. You, you, know, you want to bid jobs with more confidence at a higher margin, those kinds of things. Well, if you're not confident in your personal life, you're not confident in yourself just in general, you're less likely to be confident in the way that you bid. And so if bidding is a domain, you need to find other domains where you are confident and exercise that confidence to be able to carry that confidence into the domain of bidding. That means... Maybe it's working out that you need to challenge yourself in your workout and exert confidence in your workout so that when you show up into the meeting, you feel good about yourself and you do feel confident to be able to present or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, In your marriage, in your relationships, in your hobbies, all these different things that are going on and how you learn and read books and just the way that you challenge yourself, it can, confidence is almost a skill, I believe. And you have to exercise it. It's a muscle that you've got to build up over time, and it will carry across domains. 
I, I think there's a lot of truth to that and kind of maybe even getting just a little bit ahead and talking out. One thing in preparation for this, the thing about what do we want to talk about, dealing with a lot of businesses and business owners and some of them big guys, right? Yeah. 6'2", 250, tough guys and all yeah, this kind of they stuff. they look the part. And after I get to know them, <laughs> I start to find out things. And one thing that's really pre- prevalent, 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 yeah, prevalent probably sounds like medicine. One thing that's really common and may resonate with people who are listening is what uh, is called imposter syndrome. Absolutely. And that word, I've, I've looked, researched that a little bit. It's not actually a, a medical diagnosis. No. Low self-esteem and things like that are, but it, everybody seems to know what it is. Mm-hmm. And I've, I can imagine people. I can visualize people that I don't know very well, and you think, man, there's no yeah. there's no imposter syndrome going there. But imposter syndrome is a manifestation of low self-confidence. What it is is a feeling that you're a fraud, yep. that everything you've got just happened because of luck. And you're going to get found out. Right, and you're going to be found out. Uh, Maya Angel, I was just reading an article. She's a poet. Uh, whatever the national poet there poet a few laureate. years ago laureate and she had said that every time I get an award an award I think they're going to find me out yep that's her first that I'm a fraud that I'm just lucky so that's one manifestation of uh, low self-esteem is is that imposter syndrome and then uh, or of lack of self-confidence the question then becomes what does that how does that affect you well, what about the question of how it, how does it come about? Well, I think, well, that's even a better question. And it goes back to a running thing that we've had through a lot of our talks here, and that is your beliefs. And Absolutely. And your values and your beliefs. And I just have a story to show how your beliefs that cause low self-esteem, it's a vicious cycle, low self-esteem begets more self-esteem. It also works the other way, which is going to be the major message of today. Mm-hmm. But I had a, a company, two companies ago, had a, a regional sales manager down in Georgia, and I'll call him Frank, but he wasn't doing very well, and I flew down there to find out why. Yeah. And while I was sitting in his office, have I ever told you this story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. While I was sitting in his office, he got a phone call, and we sold things to municipalities, jobs and products to municipalities, cities. And he said, hey, Martin, i got to take this call. And so sitting right next to me at a desk, he said, uh, hey, thanks for calling me back. I'm glad you called me back. I've got pricing for you on that contract. And then he said to the guy on the phone, to the customer, are you sitting down? (laughs) And then he went on and on talking about why the price was so high and that we had justifying it yeah you know, well we had to move this in and we got to bring these chemicals in and we got to rent this and all and he anyway he he lost the job yeah well in fact the job was one-fifth of our average price mm-hmm. uh, our average job uh that year was fifty thousand dollars and this was a ten thousand dollar job the problem was frank thought ten thousand dollars was a lot of money his yeah. belief system and when i looked at it i wrote about this in my book he was from a a poor area in Florida and he had grown up hearing that 
money, you know, they can't afford nice things and nice things are for rich people. And these things carried over in his mind and he could not muster the face to put on and just say, hey, it's $10,000, you ready to get going? Let's get it ordered so we can get that done. Instead, he went the other way. And the feedback loop there was, ultimately, Frank lost his job. <laughs> he, he argued with me over the, he, you know, I won't go into all of it, but he argued with me about that. And my ultimate decision was that he couldn't work for us. Yep. And so he lost his job, which I mean positive, reinforced his belief that money was the root of all his problems. So that's a case how that, that is self-confidence. The fact that he argued with me, you might think, well, he didn't have self, you know, he didn't have a self-confidence problem. He's arguing with a CEO, but he did have a self-confidence problem. He couldn't do what he had to do to keep his job grow and thrive. Yeah. Because he wasn't confident enough to tell somebody, stick his chin out and just say, this is what it costs. Let's go. Right. And I think if he has that belief problem, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I think we talked about how to change um, your reality. reality. Mm-hmm. We talk about where your beliefs come from, mm-hmm. the evidence that you've gathered thus far. So mm-hmm. he grew up thinking $10,000 is mm-hmm. a lot of money because of how he was raised and mm-hmm. living paycheck to check, paycheck. And his or parents. And... His parents or at school or the community he grew up in, whatever it was, right? But that's what he believed because that's the evidence he gained. Well, the same thing happens with imposter syndrome, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you sit there and you think that you're going to get found out, there's evidence that you've gathered up to the point that makes you believe that you are not worthy of the position that you're in, of the opportunity that's in front of you, to make you feel like you're an imposter. And yes, there are things that are developed for, for that from your childhood, all those different things. A lot of it's your self-talk, which is a really important thing that you're sitting there telling yourself that you're not, just the voice in your head is constantly berating you, saying that this isn't something that you're qualified for. But I think we have to understand as business owners that we play a role in our employees' evidence that they gather that leads to their self-confidence. Because it's not just us, it's everyone, right? And if we wanna build a team that's gonna have really happy employees, but motivated employees who are confident and making decisions and leading our businesses for us in many ways, we have to help them with the evidence aspect. That's something that we can completely control. And I I mentioned this in Small Signals, uh, one of the shorts that we do or that we have had on here. Um, But take a moment every day and tell someone they're doing a good job and letting them know the little wins that they're having and the successes and that they're qualified and that they're showing great skill and acknowledge all of those things. And at the same time, when they do make a mistake, when they, when they do mess up or have a failure, take the time to teach them and then reinforce it with positivity because the last thing that you want is a team full of imposter syndromes right. because it's only going to lead you downhill. And you're exactly right on all of that. In my mind, also, though, is how about the boss? <laughs> no, and, and that's it's, it's it, who's going to who's going to reinforce you if you're the boss, and just there are other sources, but basically, it's it's that decide, uh, well, except decide and act. It, it's it's up to you. You got to decide that you want to do it, and then you got to act. 
And that is where if you don't have anybody to encourage you, you got to do it yourself, right? Yes. You can find a coach like yourself, right? That's really valuable. Actually, I just missed the opportunity to sell myself. You did. You yeah, did. you need to call me. It's because of the, the apostle syndrome that you have. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. No, it's, no, it's true. There's... I don't. I don't think I walk around suffering from it every day. But there's but, moments. Oh my God. Yeah. And I mean, 47 years in business, there were so many times yeah. that I thought, these guys. You know, what am I doing in the room with these guys? These yeah. guys are big. I, I got to tell you a story. One time, I, when I was buying and selling corn in Nebraska, there was a, a guy from New York City came out. He had a Harvard MBA, and he worked for Louis Dreyfus Corporation, which I don't even know if they're still around. Big international. French-based firm, and they took us out to dinner because we sold corn. I'm sitting out in rural Nebraska, and this guy's from New York, and I'm just kind of, whoa, man, Harvard MBA, New York, and I said, man, how long have you been doing this? And he goes, oh, about six months, <laughs> and I look, I've been doing it for like 10 years. I'm looking at him, six months? What the hell? You know, I tell you, this guy, this Harvard MBA, did not have a confidence problem at least yeah not not evident yeah absolutely well so it, you know your own constructs there i'm thinking harvard mba from new york mm -hmm. woohoo yeah it turns out what well that's yeah. the evidence that you'd gathered that harvard was prestigious and that yeah. they were the best and elite yeah. and all that kind of stuff but going back a business coach is helpful but a couple other things one if you instill a culture of encouragement inside of your business you can absolutely receive feedback from your, your team. And two, find networks, find associations that you can join where you're with peers that are in the exact same situations as you. And you'll realize really quickly that no one has it figured out, right. that everyone's an quote unquote imposter, and that they're just doing the best they can. And there's no reason why you're, you can't be confident like that. But also create some small habits in your life in the areas that you're not confident in. Like if you're not confident in bidding, for example, well, set a goal for yourself of, okay, every week I'm gonna get one bid out that is just the ideal way that I'm gonna do it and I'm expecting to lose that job and that's okay, but I'm gonna do it. And then what's gonna happen is you're, end up getting, you're gonna end up getting one of those jobs and you're gonna start to gather evidence, oh wow, that's possible. And then you'll gain that self-confidence. but. It's it's more about what who you surround yourself with. If you're not finding the evidence to back up what you're tr what you want to believe and wh who you're trying to be and what you know is possible, go surround yourself with evidence that you can gather. And so that happens in the form of relationships, networks, associations, habits, you know, all the different things. Everything you're you're absolutely right. I still I guess when we were talking about doing this, this is where my thought process went. Um, and what you're saying is is right. Yeah. But I'm also saying it's me. Yeah. It's me. And there are, I think there's some facts out there. You you do what you believe. You become what you think. Yep. But the obverse, Brian Tracy talks about it in his book, The Power of Self-Confidence. Also, the opposite, opposite is true. You can begin to believe what you do. Yeah. And so that's the old fake it till you make it, mm -hmm. which I don't like it. That's a little scammy yeah but what brian traces says uh is act as if mm -hmm. you begin if you begin to act as if this is who i am this is what i want to accomplish 
you will begin to believe it. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. a way of unwrapping the onion, you know, as we've talked before about your beliefs are based on the evidence that you've gathered so far. Something happens mm-hmm. and you just accept it. And then something similar happens and you go, oh, yeah, that makes two. And then pretty soon you've got this whole onion around this kernel of a belief <laughs> that I'm no good or that's only for rich people like my my guy in Georgia or wh- whatever that belief is. I'm, I'm not fast. Uh, your teacher told you, and I, I think we talked about this before, but your teacher told you, well, you're no good at math. Well, somebody made a comment mm-hmm. one time, for in my case, 50 years ago, that I've repeated 10,000 times. Yeah. And the teacher probably didn't even have a bad day or just mad at me because I was throwing spitballs or if, you, if people even know what that is anymore. That used to be our entertainment, <laughs> shooting spitballs in class. Anyway, oh, is that true? You know, and that's where you get with your peers. That's what yeah. you said. When you gather around other people, well, I'm not the only guy thinking this. I'm no. not the, and what did you do? And it, I, I, I still take it, I, it's my, my natural tendency, I, I still take it on me. Yep. It's me. And I have set my own limits. They're certainly higher, I think, than a lot of people, and they're certainly higher than they were before, but they're still there. Yeah. And I have to reach out and go, why am I... Why am I thinking that? Yeah. What's Why the, am I allowing that to be the limit? Yeah, what's the the story about the uh, the position posted in the newspaper for the salesperson on a Tuesday, and then the next Tuesday they did the same exact ad? Oh, yeah. No, it was in Brisbane, Australia. Uh, coach I know down there put an ad for a salesman in the Brisbane Al- uh, Australia Times, whatever, newspaper. Sure. In the one ads, so this has been a number of years ago, <laughs> and it was for a sales position, averaged a $50,000 salary. salary. Waited five days, put it in the same paper on the same day of the week, so I guess seven days they waited, in the same position in the paper, and an identical, I, I'm glad you brought this up, I forgot about it, an identical ad, I mean, it was the same wording. The only thing different in the entire ad was he put a one in front of the 50. So instead of fifty thousand dollars salary, it said one hundred and fifty. What happened to the number of responses? Well, in the first one, he probably had hundreds. Yeah, of, I, I I've kind of forgotten. Maybe it was something like three hundred responses to the first ad. To the first one, to the fifty thousand dollars. And then to the second ad, he would add a couple. Two. Yeah. Three. Don't remember exactly. So, how can you explain that by any other means than self deselection? People look. Oh, I could. I'm worth $50,000, but I've, I've used that a lot in, in group talks. And there's sometimes there's a guy, in a room, I, say, I ask him, I said, would you, and I've asked the listeners here, would you apply for that $150,000 salesman job? I mean, being honest with yourself, would you? There's usually, usually some guy in a room going, hell yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> yeah. which I love that. Yeah, whoa, okay. Yeah. You know, what are they going to do? Kill me? Sure. And, but a lot of people, won't do it. Well, I mean, asking people, they will admit to themselves, no, I'd probably be thinking that's for some high-powered corporate salesman who went to Harvard, yeah. you know, and came out and has all this experience. So that's that's not for me. Well, it's so interesting because that same person that, that went to Harvard goes through college thinking that, expecting a certain salary when he walks out. Right. And then the same person that... Or she. Or she, sorry. The same he or she that graduates from... 
high school and goes to work, expects a certain salary coming right. out. And it's just about the evidence that they've gathered around there. It's, and you it's know, so interesting. If, in this day and time, not being political here, but all kinds of blame going around and all kinds of uh, reasons to be a victim for things, this is the most valid issue, I think, that's out there in, in disparity of... And self-confidence is, yes, it's self-confidence, but the cause of self-confidence is from a lack of mentorship. Mm -hmm. In other words, I had a great dad and mom, mm -hmm. uh, dynamic people, really smart. My dad didn't even have a college degree, but he had 21 patents and started four companies and millions of dollars and yada, yada, yada. But great confidence, great presence. And I grew up around that. Yeah. I just absorbed it the same way you speak Arabic and French, just because you grew up around it. Exactly. And that's missing mm -hmm. in a lot of people. And that is why, why I tend to disagree with a lot of the excuses that people have for not thriving in this world. That's one that we need to address, <laughs> uh, that mentorship. And I'm saying yeah. that on the air, uh, that I'm available for that. Martin yeah. Holland is. If you're willing to do the work, I'm willing to do the work to replace maybe what was missing there. Yeah. But back back to the self-confidence, it, it's happened here today, actually. My client, I'm not gonna use his name, <laughs> so uh, if he heard, but there's another way of talking about self-confidence is to speak about an abundance and a scarcity mindset. Sure. Okay, that maybe doesn't, well, it is, it's personal self-confidence. That is a massive, yeah, massive construct that I don't think I can. I got to protect my money, and so when you, I mean, how does how does a confidence or a mindset translate into actual results? And it, that's that's one of them. I don't believe I'm really going to sell what I got to sell to hire somebody to work with me and to rent an office. And literally, that's the issue with this guy. Uh, we've been working about a year and, and he's just absolutely, the dam is broken and he's giddy. He's having so much fun. But when he was really occupied by a scarcity mindset, which is self-confidence, this guy's really bright, but just, I, I mean, how many times they hear, well, I can't do that. I could never bring in that much money. Mm -hmm. They'll wipe me out. Then we have conversations. Well, if you hire some people, it will free you from doing these little pitiance taxes administrative tasks and he's a professional in what he does and it frees your time to go be a professional yep. to recruit clients and he finally well confidence <laughs> this re reverting to another issue of confidence is have some cash right yeah because even if you're demonstrating confidence but you don't have cash it's a lot easier to be confident when you have some cash so that's what he did first built up some cash and said okay i'm going to go out and take a chance on on hiring people and doing some software, moving his office to another place. He's done all those things. He's got like four times more cash than he had this time last year. We set goals for the cash that we want him to have this coming year. And he is talking about what the future of his company looks like, where he's not the professional that he, they make a really nice dollar per hour, but he's still gotta be hours, right? Mm -hmm. So he's, he's completely uh, I'm just thrilled, actually, myself from this morning. Spent two hours with him. He's a completely different person. That's completely so cool. different, and it goes well beyond work too. It's into his personal life, yeah, and being, being cynical about things, and 
and all, and he's not. I came prepared this morning to address his attitude, and I just put that completely away because his attitude is fantastic. Absolutely. And it goes from scarcity to abundance mindset. What's that quote? The uh, go to the ocean with a oh uh, spoon. Yeah, or... from Dan S. Kennedy he says you can go to the bo- ocean with a bucket or a teaspoon. Ocean doesn't care. Yeah. In my point, uh, I use that quote in my book, and I said, and neither did the other people on the beach. Yeah. Because it doesn't affect them. Now, in this day and age, actually, they probably will be bitching at you <laughs> about, well, you got a bucket. You're not leaving. Well, get your own damn bucket, man. Yeah. The ocean doesn't care if we all got buckets. Well, I, I like the fact that you talked about how the change in mindset and um, seeing the scarcity versus the abundance completely changes personal life, too. Right. Because Everything. especially as a business owner, but even, in any, even if you're just an employee, your professional life absolutely affects your personal life. It, oh, the it, same. They're they're, they're, it's all identical. Intertwined. They're, it's it's not two different dimensions of life. It's the same dimension. And what's great is that your client is finally living into his potential. Yep. And he's living into who he actually is. And when we have this lack of self confidence, and we're not real real with ourselves, we miss out on life. We yeah. we miss out on the abundance of life and who's the joys of life. For that? We are. Ultimately, we You're, are. Yourself. It's not anybody Absolutely. else's fault. I, I want to share an exercise that we did with our interns um, last week. I meet with our interns once a week on Wednesdays, and we talk more, you know, career things, philosophical things. Just, just to kind of... Pre- stuff? Yeah, I know. Oh, man. I know. It's awful. But uh, the goal behind it is just to get them thinking differently and preparing them and shaping, helping them shape their own beliefs about themselves and about the world and about their worldview, all those kinds of things. And uh, I had them do an exercise that I heard from a TED Talk about, I, I can't remember the lady's name, but she was working in England and she had a desk job somewhere that she hated and she was doing it for years. And I don't know how she did this exercise, where she found it from, but she ended up writing her, an obituary for herself as if her life looked the same as it did and it just continued like that for the rest of her life. And she then wrote a second obituary that was the life that she wanted and the achievements and the experiences and the relationships and what life would have looked like if it if she did everything that she actually wanted to do. And she saw the stark contrast in the obituaries and she quit her job. <laughs> and she went on to uh, get into rowing and she rode across the English Channel and then she eventually rode was I think the first woman I could be wrong on this but the first woman to row across the Atlantic Ocean oh. and uh, doesn't matter if she's first yeah it doesn't matter if she's first the, but she rode it she yeah. rode across the Atlantic yeah. and rode R-O-W-E-D obviously so um, just a really cool story great TED talk so I had our interns do the same thing and write obituary an obituary for themselves and I actually did it myself as well. It was a very illuminating thing uh, to do because two things became clear really quickly. When you're writing your obituary from someone who's still alive standpoint and you're trying to think about what the rest of your life looks like, if you aren't confident in in yourself, you're not going to write down the actual achievements that would really define who you are. You're, not, you're going to be shy to put down something that is yeah. oh, worth reading right. or worth living. Right. 
And so you have to have that self-confidence to actually put something down that is worthwhile, that actually matters, and that is worth reading about in a life worth sharing with someone else. But the second thing is you have to know what you want. You know, on this obituary thing, I'm most interested in what date did you put on there? <laughs> I said I was going to die when I was 99 years old. Ooh, okay. You know? But I, if you didn't know what you wanted, it was even harder to put down things. And so it came down to if, if you have that imposter syndrome and then you live your life... W- based on the expectations that others project on you or what the expectations you think others project on you, then you're going to live a life that isn't meaningful. You're going to live a life that when you, if you were to go back and read your obituary, you might be saddened to read about. And you have to be intentional about who you're becoming. And there has to be a self-confidence behind that. Like be real with yourself. something on the atomic habits? I am. I I don't think that's the thing for today, but, but that's, uh, that, that's, that's huge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so my, important. My father, I've, I've always written a lot. And uh, not my first love, but honestly, in my brain, I mean, that's, this is an atomic habit thing. I think, I'm a, I think I can write. You can I don't write. know if anybody else thinks that. You can but write. Did you, but there, I just did it. I just did it. I qualified it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you that, did. That shows... You know, oh, I'm just being modest. No. I say, I can write. Yeah, you can write. I don't have to qualify. My dad, who was a writer, um, wrote a lot of stuff. But anyway, I, I remember high school, maybe just after high school, writing something and showing it to him to proofread. And he goes, I don't remember his exact words, but basically grow a pair. You know. I said, <laughs> Why? Oh, people probably shouldn't. He goes, no, people shouldn't. That's what you think. Put it in there. Don't equivocate. Tell them what you think. Well, what if I'm wrong? Because what if you are? <laughs> you know, you're reading all these things everybody else writes. Yeah. He said, write what you think. Yeah. And don't equivocate. Don't back off. Don't qualify it. Write what you think. It's strong writing. People can accept it or reject it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you think. Do it. Yeah. And it takes... The, the reason I keep bringing it back to us is... To say this, people can understand it, but how do you actually damn do it? <laughs> and in that writing, you just take out the qualifiers. People probably won't. You know, take it out. People shouldn't. People don't. People will. People won't. What? Take it out. Take the qualifiers out. And take the qualifiers out for yourself. And it's that's the act as if. Even if you don't really believe it, act as if you do. Yep. And that will start to become who you are and you'll be stronger for that. And then everything that you talked about, have peers and mentors and all that, but that core is you saying, why do I think that? Why am I down on myself? Have other people ever done whatever it is you want to do? Hell yeah. Well, I guess I can too, right? Yep. And just begin doing it. And it's a lot of, I know I've said this before too, but 20 years ago, I thought touchy-feely self-help was a bunch of crap. Yeah. And since I've been coaching, I've realized that's where the action is. The numbers and all those things I like are tools, but it's in your head, mm-hmm. right? And that, it, it begins there. You you have to look at and say, why do I think that? Uh, Brian Tracy, 
talks to, he said, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Yeah. Right? Write that down. Yeah. And then the, we've talked about it before too, um, Seven Habits of Highly, Stephen Covey, 1640-60 real, rule. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the reason we don't do things is we think we're going to be embarrassed by that. Yeah, we're fear of what others think. Well, and what I think we can make it really clear, nobody gives a damn what you do. No, they don't. You know? They they really don't. You're thinking, oh my God, people will find out I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. They don't give a damn. They're not. Somebody may even say something, you know, that could happen. Mm -hmm. But they're just saying it to cover up their own. They, they don't really care that you're a fraud or not a fraud. No. And you're not a fraud, by the way, but they don't care. So what's the problem? Yeah. And, and it, the problem is our own thinking. Our own thinking. I think with that line of thought we're fearful that we're going to fail but the reality is if we don't try we fail that, that's the failure that's the failure yeah 100 you, you miss 100 of the shots you don't take yeah 100%. wayne gretzky right yeah what does michael scott say you miss you miss 67 of the shots you don't take i don't know <laughs> it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah at least 67 percent. yeah at least um no i, I think that this fear of failure, the fear of what other people think about you is a lot of the, the, the barriers, I guess, to actually going and doing what you want to do. There's people on that are listening right now that have the dream, that have an ambition to do something. Maybe it's work related, life related, hobby related, whatever, but they're just fearful to, to do something about it. And I, the, I just the, I the last thing that I want to do in my life is think that I didn't do something because I, I didn't try. Right. And you have to get past if if you just try. It's 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 like with anything. The hardest part is starting. It always is. And you just have to go after it. Yeah, you know, one of the the big benefits of it too. And and I'm thinking about this man who was in this morning. What we were talking about 6 months ago was fundamental thing. We're we're fundamental things. Today, we not only got past that, he's at the next, mm -hmm. he's looking rather about a desperate future where he's condemned to do this until he can save up the money that he can quit. He was doing something completely different. He's saying, you know, if I brought in these young professionals, they could do all the work and I could be the mentor and the boss and make money off the work. In other words, building a highly profitable business that could work without him. <laughs> complete so whatever your limits are now if you begin expect that they will tra they'll transform yeah and the lid will come off and you'll do when you look at yourself from three years ago that's a good time span <laughs> i asked a lot of people i said what are you selling today three million dollars five million dollars yeah. what did you think would have been remarkable sales the year you started oh yeah i think chris Pettigrew talks about it. Well, if I thought if I could bag a hundred thousand, yeah. Now you're doing. I'm not saying Chris, but now you're doing six or seven million dollars. Yeah. And you're going, man. What do I got to do to get to twenty? Wouldn't it be great if I'm at twenty? Yep. All and you start to grow like a weed and blossom, or you don't do this, and you stay where you are, and you can never hire somebody to help you, and you can never set those higher goals mm -hmm. because you're limiting yourself and because you're scared and have low self-esteem, don't think you're up to the challenge. And then when your back goes out, that one time when you're just yeah. helping the guys 
and you grab a shovel and there it goes and now you're done yeah right yeah I, I think a good exercise for for a lot of people I mean I already mentioned the obituary one I think that was super helpful for me and enlightening and uh, doesn't need to be just for someone who's young or interns it can be for anybody uh, because you still have a lot of life in front of you uh, but I think an, another thing to do for yourself is to write down some things that you want. What do you want today? What do you want this week? What do you want this month? What do you want this year? What do you want in the next five years? We've talked about that before for a vision statement. Is, but just, I think a lot of people have been so conditioned to only do what they think is possible or what someone else has told them is possible mm-hmm. that they need to take a step back and write down what they want. And that can really ignite some self-confidence. But the next thing is, you know, as I was writing my obituary, and I know as all those interns are writing their obituaries, uh, which sounds so like morbid. Yeah, morbid. Uh, but as they Do were, do those running, interns still work for you? Well, no, they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's only week two with them. Yeah. Uh, no, but as they're writing their obituaries, um, they didn't know how to say anything po- uh, many positive things about themselves. You know, if you because we went and reread actual obituaries, and it's like you know admired by many, family person, incredible experiences, all this stuff. And it was hard for them to say very positive things about them other than that they were a hard worker or something right. like that. But right. like they were one of the most generous people that you knew or they right. were so courteous and kind. They they would always stop to say hello to someone and make them feel valued. Like what are some genuinely good things about yourself? We know all the bad things, all of our shortcomings, all of our failures, all of the bad things that we, we don't want people to know about. But what are the things that are actually really good about you? And it's important to know that list of things because it can really ignite that self-confidence again and and push you forward a little bit um there's this saying that you know positive self-talk is a lot like uh, a beautiful garden or a beautiful professional uh, sports field where it's it takes a lot of intentionality to make that garden look beautiful and for flowers to grow or for that field to have pristine grass that is full and lush and green uh but to grow a weed it's like nev- negative it self-talk happens. it yeah. just happened you know if yeah. you want to grow weeds you don't have to you don't have to try uh and so i think that's always a, a good thing to remember is that you have to be intentional about that positive self-talk and if you know what you want and you know some good things about yourself you'll believe that you can get what you want yeah and just shut off the negative talk shut it off that's that's the touchy feeling thing I started talking about before. I thought, oh yeah, you know, there's that Saturday Night Live with um, Senator from Minnesota, <laughs> and you know, oh, I'm good enough and I'm strong enough and doggone it, people like me. They're always making fun of that, but there's something to that. Just it, it is. It, and it if is. you can't bring yourself to say I'm really good at this, at least don't say I'm an imposter. I'm a loser. Uh, things always fail when I do them. And just don't do that. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's some people listening, some small majority or minority, who are going, I got no problem with any of that. <laughs> I just haven't met them. Yeah. I, I mean, when, when, when the more I get to know people, when They're I work with them, it starts coming Martin. out. They're too successful for us. We're not, we don't live <laughs> in those ranks. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I just haven't met them. I mean, yeah. Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, right. you know, uh, Elon Musk, and 
But they, look, they knew, look where they are. Yeah, they knew what they wanted, and, and they, they, and they, they believed they could do it. Yeah, and, they did, and that's where their confidence took them. Yep. So, Absolutely. Well, anyway, I think going forward, the main takeaway out of here, and you can add yours to it, but literally is act as if. Act as if. Is in what I'm thinking and what I'm doing limiting me or expanding me? And if it's limiting you, stop that and act as if. Yeah. And act as if. And it will bring about its own change mm-hmm. and bring about its own abundance. Yeah. Absolutely. Know, know what you want and then act as if yeah. and believe in yourself. And just as a, uh, a warning, you're going to face challenges. You're going to face doubts. You're going to face hurdles and obstacles. And that's okay. Like that's a promise that you're going to face that. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't don't give up on it, because if you do give up on it, then you're, you're going the to regret it, and you're going to reinforce the negative, and you're going to reinforce the doubt, and if and you're going to look back at your obituary, and you're going to think, man, I wonder why I gave up. You're going to always wish that you would have just kept going, because um, you want to you want to live a life that matters and a life that's worth living, and if you're not being true to who you are and who you really want to be. You're, you're only going to live with regret. Well, this would be my last comment, but I've always lacked confidence to do this uh, podcast. But uh, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> no, for sure. We're, we're, we're trying. As a we're we're no different. Started, I mean, it was like, crap, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe people pay me to listen to me talk, so maybe they'll listen for free. I don't know. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I um, hope this has been helpful for you. Listeners, uh, please follow us, share us, um, talk about us on social media, send us notes about mess, you know, any of the episodes that you like, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So and ask questions. We'd love yeah, to. we'd love to. If there's love a question to. or a topic that you'd like us to cover or go in more detail on something or more stories or examples, uh, hit us up. But thanks for listening to the Cashflow Contractor. Hasta luego. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.